you may be seated. Um, we're going to turn to Scripture. Ezra, chapter 8, verse 21, onward. It says, these are certain key scriptures that I'm going to share with the help of Bonnie. Here, Ezra, it's a very strategic time for the restoration of Jerusalem and Israel, which is going to affect the coming of the Messiah. And later in, in, later in the year, we're going to celebrate Christmas. But Christmas couldn't happen without these events setting up the scenario. So here, Ezra is the leader of this community of believers, Israelites. Then it says, then I proclaimed the fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones. So say little ones. Right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a, hand of, a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. The river Ahava was a, a border place. <coughs> in uh, some translations that translate into the river of love. But this is where the empire's influence, this was the border. They could send soldiers pretty much not beyond that. <clears throat> but saying, uh, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all of them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. Basically saying, God answered our prayer. This is an example, and we, we'll in the coming days, even today maybe, talk a little bit more about God's community, God's people, not just individuals, but corporate, fasting together for certain goals. Here, God, he was asking God to give his canopy of protection for them, for their children, as they proceeded on, even of their substance, their economic health, and being able to have at least some measure of property as they went on to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
I want to take this opportunity here to say that tomorrow is Labor Day. And summer went by so quickly. You barely have for me. It was hot. And suddenly the climate change. We're coming into fall. Hallelujah. May, <laughs> May the climate change. <laughs> yeah. But as we begin here, and I want to tell you that we're going to have a corporate fast for 21 days. And uh, I want to refer to my book, I wish I had brought it here, of the hidden power of prayer and fasting, which was, has been a bestseller, has been translated into 40 languages at least. Now there may be more. And so I go into some of the details. But part of it was the Lord made this part of our life message. And during the season that I met Bonnie many years ago, and she was not married, single, beautiful, and I was a young pastor. And uh, I remember her the previous year calling me and said, the Lord visited me. She got slain in the spirit. She may tell us maybe some more about it. But she said, the Lord gave me a word that I was going to get married. And I'm your pastor. Now I just want to tell you that I've been praying for you. And, and she told me, look, you're my pastor. I, I need to run this by you. But later, I mean, later on, we, the Lord, we realized the Lord was saying those to us, and I got married. But before then, I was... I started developing a real grace and a lifestyle of fasting regularly. It began a little, little while back while I was working at a state institution. At that time, really mentally challenged children. The families often would tell the state to take care of them full-time because some they could not handle. And so there would be state institution in Texas where I lived. I graduated from college and got training how to work with these children. But I had little, some cases, there were some severe cases. One was a Down syndrome. I, in my book, I called him Steve. We had to protect the identities because we Worked there, and uh, he had severe Down syndrome. He was about 16 years old, and he was a mutilator. He would beat himself constantly and cry, and uh, it was hurting him. And they would designate certain cases to certain workers who had been trained. Now I was one of the ones. They assigned Steve to, uh, so he was, you know, sent my responsibility. And uh, it really broke your heart to see him beat himself 
constantly. And, uh, and he was also kind of lame. And I knew that basically his authority was, had been surrendered by his parents to the state. Basically, in a sense, I had a measure of responsibility. And one day as I was taking care of him, I heard the Lord say, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I said, Lord, you're talking to me? Basically, he was telling me something. Now, I graduated from a Baptist university. I'd never heard that scripture, and I found it was in the scripture. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So I said, fasting? That means no food, no water. That's my definition. We used to be. So for the first three days, I did not eat. I felt like I was supposed to do it. So I fasted. The first three days, if you do without water, you will realize how thirsty you get. And I remember people, we had a little mini toilet that the workers, the workers in this other dormitory work, we could use that. And I heard one of my coworkers flushed the toilet and came out, and I turned to him and said, you know, you could have, we could have drunk that water. And it was crazy. Anyway, but then I felt like the Lord said, you could, you could drink water, but go on. And I, tremendous grace came for me to fast for 14 days. And on the 14th day, the Lord said, pray for Stevie. So I took him to an area that was empty. Uh, and I said, I took Stevie, you know, it was kind of stumbled and uh, plonked him down and said, Stevie, you may not understand me, but I'm a servant of the Lord, Lord God. And now you evil spirit tormenting him, beating himself up. You let him go in Jesus' name. Be gone. And I did not expect this. I was totally surprised. A power, suddenly, it was power against power. And the demonic power confronted the power of the Holy Spirit. And his body was thrown several feet away from him. And I said, no, I didn't do that. I didn't touch him. And the Holy Spirit power came. And suddenly he let out this breath that it smelled terrible of burning sulfur and rotting eggs kind of smell. And it permeated the whole room, and then it went away. And I, I said to myself, self, something happened. And we used to have to tie his hands up, Stevie's. And I untied his hands. And usually if his hands were untied, he would beat himself. And his face was like a thick alligator skin. It was so thick with the beatings that he would give himself. And he suddenly, he didn't hit himself. He started, he put his hands on his face and started crying. And he knew that thing that had been driving him to beat himself was gone. 
And when I helped him up, his legs were straight. And he had been lame. And that started my adventure of fasting. And then I went on, started doing seven-day fasts, 14-day fasts, and 21-day And I remember doing my 40-day, first time 40-day, because Jesus, Luke 4, you find, He's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and he does not eat anything for 40 days. It does not say he did not drink. So obviously, from in my mind, I mean, he drank water but fasted. Now, I remember doing my first 40-day fast and um, there, there was a big store. I, here, you have Harris Teeter and Others. We over there was a big grocery store called Skaggs Albertson, and they would sell, sell giant bags for the whole family. And I remember buying this big bag of potato chips for the whole family. And <laughs> I was not married at that time. Remember, and I, of all dumb things, I bought the whole bag for the month. And then Lord led me on a fast, so I fasted. And I want to tell you, I just had a grace to do it. It was strange. And uh, so I fasted. And after a few days, I felt my flesh pointing out, there is this big bag of potato chips. And it started that seemed to be talking to me, saying, why are you neglecting us? We are here. We are salty. We are really fresh. And I rebuked them. I rebuked these voices, commanded them to stop. And they still kept crying to me. And I remember very clearly on the 18th day, my first 40-day fast, my resistance broke, and I ran into my kitchen, opened the big giant bag of potato chips, and ate every one of them. And then I said, Lord, I'm a wicked man. And uh, someone asked me some years later, I was sharing this, did you start over? I said, are you kidding? <laughs> I repented. The Lord, it was under the blood. Anyway, I resumed the fast and finished 40 days. But this was part of the adventure I had. And then Bonnie, uh, we got married every year. For about 22 years, I would fast. It was strange. But, I mean, I was not telling people you got to do this. But I would do two 40-day fasts per year. And four 21-day fasts. And this went on for many years. So that after that, experience all of that, I felt like I can share with others. I remember uh, many years ago I did a conference in Kansas City. And uh, the Lord would not let me talk until it was 18 years of fasting constantly and 
Uh, so I'm, I'm sharing this just to let you know I've been part of the adventure. And I want to tell you as we declare this corporate fast that God is involved in this. And he hearkens to the voice of his people. We are declaring a corporate fast. After Labor Day on Tuesday, you can fast one day per week in the three weeks or miss not eat meat for seven days or just say, I'm not going to eat desserts uh, for these many days or for 21 days or just eat salads. However you want to do it, there are different ways. You could, but we're going to seek the Lord's face. He is really blessed as we turn our hearts to him in the answers prayer. And I have a wonderful letter here. I shared it a few weeks ago from Peter, Peter and Monica Floyd who requested about 20, 20 years ago exactly that his, their son, um, it says here, we're coming on the 20th year anniversary of your re request to all nations church to pray and fast for our son Michael <coughs> for 21 days. Michael had this rare syndrome called Tourette syndrome. It's a really oppressive and terrible attack. And people will jerk, sometimes say, speak weird stuff, and it, it drives people. And it's very distracting. And if you're around that person who is tormented, it'll catch your attention. And he was going to school, and people were talking about his stuff. And so it's pretty much incurable. You could take meds for it, but and as we fasted, this church did, and I have this, this letter thanking us. Um, in that adventure of the fast here, the Lord healed him. And he had a appointment with a specialist. It, I think he was in Charleston. And, huh? The, the leading Tourette's specialist was here. He turned, turned his on, Mike. If you okay. Yeah. And that, was, that happened to be his physician. And, and his Tourette's had developed to where he was having a tick every second. So it was continual, completely continual, having to remove him from school and various other things. And some of you that are here today, raise your hand if you participated in that fast. Look around. We are witnesses. We are witnesses of this kind of participation together with the Lord and the body of Christ. And it was beautiful because we just, a couple of months ago, got a letter from Peter and Monica from his parents on the, the uh, 20th anniversary of this great victory. And they were remembering 
and saying again, look what the Lord has done. Um, and specifically, he says, uh, Michael had struggled with uh, Tourette's disorder for over three years, had seen a variety of doctors, had taken several drug combinations, some of which produced side effects as bad as the medical condition itself. You placed Michael at the top of a published prayer list for August 2003 fast. It was the month Michael was beginning the sixth grade, and the condition was so serious, the middle school counselor met with all the sixth grade students, 120 of them, to explain Tourette's to them and request that they be understanding and kind to Michael. And then he goes on um, to say that the specialist treating him at the time suggested that we observe him closely and that if the symptoms did not reappear, this was because literally instantly at the end of the 21-day fast, all of the Tourette's disappeared. And this, the specialist suggested that we observe him closely, that if the symptoms did not reappear, that we should... Uh, taper off the medications. However, Michael put his foot down and refused to take further medication for the condition. We observed him closely. The tics did not return. He went on to experience great academic and social success through middle school, high school, and college, so on and so forth. Decided on a career in finance. He has been extraordinarily successful in that field. More importantly than that, today he is a devoted son, brother, and friend so on and so forth. So there is power in corporate prayer. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. You can rejoice over that. And receive, receive that word of faith. Receive that absolute testimony. And may the Lord multiply it in many, many, many ways, even as we go in uh, to this particular fast together. Um, in your mentioning about the miracle with Stevie, which was one of the first great ones that you witnessed uh, in terms of the power of fasting, of individual fasting, and now we're talking about joining together in the communion of saints. But um, demon demonstrably in that and this testimony, one of the things about fasting, it, it, it is that unique place where the metaphysical or the spiritual and the supernatural and the natural converge. And it's into that battlefield that fasting comes as power. That scripture that Mahesh, uh, the Lord quoted to Mahesh, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. So this is something that uniquely the new one man, the body of Christ, the new creation uniquely can do with natural elements, our physical bodies, and the putting away of physical food actually is something that becomes a supernatural ministerial tool of power. And uh, actually, while you were talking about Stevie, I mean, all around me, a number of things were exploding. Jesus' regular place of prayer one of his regular places of prayer in the mountain was probably the place where the transfiguration occurred. And if you remember what occurred there, he went to the place he normally went to pray and he was having his regular prayer time and there were other people there with him besides Peter, James, and John. 
Moses and Elijah met Jesus on the mountain. I don't think that was unique. I think that was his way of prayer because he regularly fasted. And I just want to encourage us that in this particular fast, more than ever before in our particular lifetimes, friends, the body of Christ is necessary for the survival of the species. More than ever before. That little boy beating himself. The idea that we have a whole generation of young women wanting to cut their breasts off. That's a principality. That is an absolute principality. And it has overtaken all of the so-called natural authorities that are intended and assigned to care for physical well-being. It's time for the church to rise. It is time for the church to rise. And one of the effective ways, because we are the only people that have power against power. We're the only people that have that power. And it comes through the finished work of Jesus and the impartation of the Holy Spirit to us. So fasting, this kind goes not out. Say this kind. Goes not out. But by prayer and fasting. And so we are committing ourselves to this extraordinary time for, for, for many reasons. And I want to give you the reference so that we have several scriptures of fasting, individual and corporate, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We're going to begin looking at them, some of them here. But I want to tell you this one, Matthew 17, uh, and it goes that... Uh, <clears throat> It says in, and as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, um, This is right after the transfiguration. So note the supernatural empowerment and presence of another dimension that is working in the natural. And verse 14 says, When they come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man. This is Matthew chapter 17 kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. That's the King James Version. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long? Shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. He was kind of instructing his disciples now here. And kind of rebuking them, teaching them something. And Jesus rebuked the devil. It was a de demon, basically. And he departed, and the demon departed out of the child. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus part and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove your hands to yonder place and shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Say nothing, nothing. shall be impossible, shall be impossible. To, you. to you. How be it? This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. So these, I just wanted to give you, offic officially, I mean, 
these are scriptures, New Testament, and the one about Ahava and others in the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying this is part of the packet for his community, his church, his disciples. Why couldn't we do it? And he points out the reason. Put prayer and fasting as part of your lifestyle. So this church, this is part of the testimony of this church that we have done this and we have seen wonderful interventions of God and we're asking God again in this hour, Lord, we are turning to you. It says in Second Chronicles, if my people call by my name, will humble themselves. Psalm 35, King David said, I humble my soul in fasting. So one of the scriptural ways we humble ourselves is we fast and seek God's face. So we are corporately doing this. And we have some challenges in our own community. We are going to pray. We're praying for Katie's the Lord's intervention for her, for blessing her physically and healing, for Ellis Makoviak, and for others that are, um, I don't know whether I've not had a chance to ask their permission to quote their names, so I'm pastorally careful what I publicly say names, but there are people who may be battling different infirmities. And in the same instant, I want to say, for those listening to us on the internet, that God is opening. There are certain things that the enemy is doing, but God is opening alternative doors and windows, and we're going to go that way too. So those, if you're whatever nation you're at, if you're in Japan, Korea, within Malaysia, of Saudi Arabia, I see something, a miraculous thing happening in Saudi Arabia. May the Lord bless that family that the enemy would try to put them where they would turn against God's people. But I'm, I'm praying in the Middle East there's going to be great grace and a revival coming because God's going to turn hearts of the people away from darkness and into, towards the light. And so I want you to see that part of God's answer is we, that we do our part, individual and corporate, as a church. And God answers. Say God answers prayer. God answers prayer. And we accompany on occasion, with fastings also. So see the scriptures. And, but this period, this time frame, it's one of the most openly challenging times we've had where the church and the believing people of God are being challenged by principalities and powers. You'll find in the book of Daniel, Daniel also comes to a river and he is 
but he's turning his heart. And it's called a Daniel fast. He ate no pleasant food, etc., etc. So there is a Daniel fast where you can eat salads, eat beans, something, but no pleasant meat, it says. But he, for 21 days he fasts. And it refers to the power of darkness. There, the prince of the power of the air over Persia confronts the power of God, tries to. And the angel Michael comes down and does battle and rebukes him. So the heavens have power. And God releases his awesome blessing over people. But God's people have a part to play. So in this hour, we are praying. We have, we're already going to start laying a foundation of prayer and fasting. For the upcoming, next year, there are going to be elections. And whoever runs two candidates from Republican and Democrat, we're praying for supernatural safety for them, by the way. There people pointing out threats, etc., against them. We don't want chaos in America. We want peace in our times and peace in our nation. So we pray safety for these candidates. And we are praying revival for America. That the nation, we got a teeny bitty example as the Methodist Asbury but it was just for a few days. And then for whatever reason, it came to an end. It's springing up maybe in other places. May the, I welcome the spirit of revival here for All Nations Church and for the Charlotte Fort Mill area that the power will come as never before for our nation, that our nation will turn in the late 40s, 50s, Billy Graham Crusades or Robert's Crusades, there were wonderful movements of God. And the Letter Rain Movement, there were Donald Trump's mom was one of the persons blessed in the, uh, the Hebrides revival that was off the island of Scotland. And I think she gave him a Bible. But may that great, great moves of God, we have seen it as Uzzah revival, as so awesome. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, by the way, the, the Lord would zap people. Many of them, uh, if you look at the diaries, there were a lot of manifestations of the Holy Spirit just zapping people. I remember different places in Hungary. The Lord gave me a word, pray for people who have been driven by depression and suicide. And more than a thousand people stood. I mean, there were about 14,000 in the big mini stadium. And as I turned to I mean, I was wondering, how am I going to lay hands on all these people and then go on because there was 
few thousand. Uh, am I, how am I going to do this and all that? I kind of was thinking to myself and meditate. And I opened my eyes, and the Lord had slayed every one of these people in the spirit. They were on the floor. Uh, I had nothing to do with it except just saying, Lord, what, what am I going to do? And so the, as we seek his face, he's going to do the rest. We do our part. God will do his part. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for blessing Katie, Alice, others that are in this body battling little symptoms or big symptoms, that the healing power of God will be released. Well, I was, I remember, I want to mention this one. As I mentioned, Matthew 17, and Jesus saying, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. And the boy, they said, the King James said, lunatic, which really was, he was falling. Basically, he was having seizures. But I remember years ago, many years ago, I was, I, had, I traveled a lot and ministered at the invitation of local pastors that would get together and we'd have a corporate big meeting of one, two thousand people. But I remember this, they had rented a big auditorium in a hotel, giant ballroom, and one of the gentlemen, the father was Hispanic, and his son, even in the meeting, was having seizures. And every few moments he would fall over uh, and have a seizure. And so at the end he brought him. And I remember praying for him. And even that, my memories <laughs> was so, I mean, I remember the smell coming into the whole auditorium and then leaving. And that man, that young man was freed from the seizure activity. So I, I've seen this with my own eyes, but I just want you to know that this is a crucial and important time. I thank each of you where you can find grace. Spend two, three days, seven days eating salads. However, you can do. Say grace. grace. Tell your neighbor, grace. grace. God will give you grace. And you can, all of us can not eat for a day, drink water or tea or coffee or whatever. Do one day or do three, four days eating salads. However you do it. Or beans, if you're Mexican. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I like, I like those, what, what is the bean thing that comes with Mexican food? Refried beans. beans. That's right. No, I'm. You could eat those. Huh? I like. I like. Refried beans. Put it's away the shovel. That'd be like Daniel. Put away the shovel. And anyway. Stop digging. The thing is, as we pray for miracles, um, I've seldom ever seen. A plague hitting children like it is hitting right now at this, in this year where kids totally turning away from their parents and the instruction of the parents and being the 
propaganda of demonic yeah. influences. And you, as you read history, you find from ancient times, demonic powers would try to attack children. And from way back, that they would even sacrifice children to Moloch and other demon powers. And, and I, I refer to this a few times, but I like the animation uh, of Steven Spielberg's The Prince of Egypt, where Moses is ordained by God and he comes and he has to battle the sorceress. And Moses has his rod that the Lord has anointed. But their song there is, uh, the sorcerers tease him and tell him, you're playing with the big boys now. And you better have power. And that's why, as we pray, may you all be commissioned to see wonderful signs and wonders. May the blessing of God be over you and your children and all the powers of darkness in any way that would torment them, put them fear on them, or put infirmities. We're going to come together. That's why I want to say to people out there, this is a new era. We're going to come together. Invite some of your friends, even if we're, you are in Germany or you are in Albania, Russia, or India. Invite some people. If you want, you can get in touch with us. Email us now. There are ways we can do things that were not available to us 50 years ago, 40 years ago, but will be as a body of the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Part of the reason, I'll tell you, it's so obvious that children is part of the targets the enemy has. And then our own government activities raise real questions in me. I wish only blessing on them, but there are godly people like the Catholics, some of the Catholics, that as they were praying outside of an abortion clinic, that major arms of the government has come early in the morning with guns, machine guns, and seven, eight trailers loaded with government forces to arrest serious, good, believing Catholic people who we want to you know, say, Lord, protect us. What has happened to our freedoms? What has happened to our nation? And may we have a turnaround and a revival. Um, you noticed during our worship time together, Michael began to sing this phrase, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Um, and we've learned, through the watch instructing us, we've learned that when there are those pings, that the Lord is, is on it. He's saying something. So the first thing that I always do is go to see the context of Scripture, where that reference may come from. And, and you may be familiar with it. It's in both the New Testament and the Old Testament, 
But in the Old Testament, the original, the New Testament quotes the Old Testament. And it's Paul writing to the Corinthians. And he's speaking of the unique breakthrough of the power of the gospel that has power over every principality in heaven and every authority on earth. And he's talking about that dynamic. It's where he says, I come not with, with excellent speech or anything. I'm coming in power. And then he quotes that scripture, no eye, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And he's quoting from Isaiah 64 that says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations will tremble at your presence. And then is where he says, because eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard what you have prepared for us. Nor men have not heard since the beginning of the world, nor perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. Say, Lord, the world has never seen any God like you. Rend the heavens. And come down. Make your name known to your adversaries. And let the nations tremble, tremble, tremble at your presence. And it goes on to say that God acts for the one who waits for him. He rises up to meet the man who rejoices in and does righteousness. And then he ends it by, we need to be saved. And I would say, we need to be saved. We need to be saved. We need to be saved from the adversaries of God. And in a way, though we appreciate and we enter in, of course, for ourselves, for our homes, for our children, the reality is, it's not about me anymore. This is about the survival of the species. And the only answer for the world is the one new man, the corporate body of Christ. And that is, we you know, always say in the Apostles' Creed, we believe in the communion of saints. The communion of saints is specifically talking about the understanding that there is a supernatural joining of every born-again person to every other born-again person, where the Bible says we are members of one another, meaning that that in a hand, for instance, the hand of the Lord, Katie is a finger, you know, Barry is a finger, Cindy is a finger. The hand doesn't work if all the fingers aren't in their place doing their part in the direction, the command of the head, which is Christ. And in fact, going back, that's exactly all what uh, Paul was talking about again. Um, so th this, is, this is very important. And I am being... Uh, impressed heavily, and you've heard me say it recently, this thing about the communion of saints, about being a kingdom of priests with every member fully participating in your priesthood, in our priesthood, ex recognizing the gifts God has given, exercising those gifts together, everyone fully participating. And it includes your tithes and your offerings, which we should talk about at some point because it's very clear when God laid out the societal rules for this new 
a peculiar people, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests that was bringing out of Egypt to go in and possess the land of their inheritance, he put the shadows of all of his uh, manifest kingdom things that came in Christ Jesus. He put all of those shadows in there before. And one of the elements of the people as their priesthood was a sevenfold level of giving of themselves in this new priesthood. And so we are, we are hearing from the Lord that he is calling forth a great reviving of the remnant of those who are hearing him. And fasting, among other things, but it is one of the most counter-cultural things that the body of Christ can do. Because what fasting is revealed as in scripture is the humbling of the soul. The soul says, I want, these are my goals, these are my desires, these are, you know, my objectives. I think these are my opinions. This is my knowledge. This is my viewpoint. I feel, oh, that offends me. Or, oh, my heart runs. Do you know that even in the Old Testament, in Exodus, I think it's Exodus 12 or Exodus, I think it's Exodus 12. He says specifically, before the law, do not favor a poor man because he is poor. If you do that, if you favor a poor man because he's poor, you will pervert justice. That's a punch in the gut and a right left to both eyes of the whole social justice movement. Why is our world so out of balance? Why is the American legal system so out of balance? Because we have rejected the law of the Lord. And fasting is the thing that says to the soul, what you want doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. What you feel doesn't matter. What God wants, what God thinks, what God feels, that's what's matter. And so fasting is the way, sorry, I'm a little excited about this. So, it is extremely countercultural. So as we do this together, recognize this is like a great battle axe, a, a, a ramming, you know, those big logs that they would use to ram through gates in the old, you know, castle fortresses and stuff. Our corporate fasting together is like a major battering ram against this thing that has taken over our cultures, specifically through the advance of technology. Because it's technology that has given all these little girls, for instance, I want, I think, I feel. And this massive... Uh, uh, invasion by this principality kind of a thing. So fasting is a dynamic and practical tool to use right now and say, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. Show yourself to your adversaries. Let the nations tremble at your presence. Lord, hear our prayer. Do something we've never seen before. Do something we've never heard before. We need to be saved. Amen? And we see the timing. We do need to talk about the timing of, of this particular fast. One more mention. Sorry, Pastor. One more mention. And this is on the idea of the communion of saints. Friends, we are going to end this 21-day fast together on the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, on the Jewish calendar. Amen. Now listen, Yom Kippur, if you remember, it's preceded by the 10 days of awe, meaning the 10 days of repentance restitution, 
and restoration where every individual member of that priestly kingdom recognizes their personal responsibility to participate as a, as a, as a vital member of the whole. And what Israel understood, that the Yom Kippur sacrifice was for the nation as one man, so to speak. And every Israel, every Jew knew that if he didn't repent, if he didn't do his part, if he didn't participate in the whole, then the whole would not be provided for, would not be covered. That's really significant. God is emphasizing a restitution, a reordering, a revitalization of the manifest body of Christ in the earth as a corporate moving body. And in the watch on Friday night, the Lord showed us what had happened in COVID. And the church in general put up their closed sign. We're not open. And the Lord said, I am open for business. I am always open for business. I will never be closed. And it's time for us to do business with God. But they're still stirring up things to get regular people scared. And saying, we're going to, we are confronting this. Right there. And used to be, I, I believed everything the doctors would say. These days. I'm now finding that some of the stuff that was given to us was really dreamed up by some of the pharma companies then. And I don't know what is true, what is not true. So we have our cautions. But above all, we are going to be the church of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And I will read you. Yeah. The, we talked about the New Testament, about the words of Jesus. But I want us also to realize that the early church then, how they practiced, it says in Acts 13, as the church ministered to the Lord and fasted. So as they were coming together, they were corporate, and together fasted. The Holy Ghost said separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of the ministry, whereunto I have called them, and where they had fasted again and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So, just want you to know that part of their habit was coming together, and part of it was fasting and prayer, sometimes just prayer, but we have a specific time here. And I don't want to forget to tell you. Every family has its challenges, and there are individual needs that you have, or family needs. We have a, a paper uh, out there, where? In the lobby, where you can write down, if you want to write down your names, fine, or you don't have to put specific, but tell us what, don't give us 20 or 31, just five or six, so we can really home in and pray. And those watching us on the internet, if you, are, if you have specific needs, please let us know. And I'm from this time, this season, 
onwards. I'm encouraging people who are hanging out on their own or they have some families that they're, but in their cities, wherever you are, whether you are in Brasilia or whether you're in Bombay or wherever, if you have certain needs, we will add you to our intercession and we're going to pray for you, but let us know. You don't have to give specifics. You don't even have to give details. But you can be feel free to call. If you feel free, please share with us, and we will, during this season of fasting and prayer, we will agree in prayer. I remember, by the way, uh, 1973, Yom Kippur. Very significant. You can look it up. But that was the time the Arab nations decided we're going to sneak in. And while they are not paying attention, we're going to attack them. So Egypt and Syria and other Arab nations decided together to attack Israel on Yom Kippur, 1973. And I knew enough now, I studied the Bible, and was a young pastor. And I said, oh, 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 this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Because if there is one day you don't try to hurt a people, is when they are turning as a nation and fasting, looking to the Lord. And I said, you are going to have your posteriors kicked like you've never seen before. I just, in my own rough words, sorry. And I remember Bonnie and I went travel with Derek Prince and a group in about 1977, something like that. And some of the, um, what's the communities called? The Israeli co- Huh? The kibbutz? kibbutz, yeah. So the, 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 the guy who was in the Israeli army during 73, he had kind of now gotten where he was working as a manager of a kibbutz. And we ate lunch with him, and he said, Pastor Mahesh, I just want you to know that as I was in the Israeli army, we literally saw yeah. angels. Yeah, it was very powerful. He literally, he literally told us a story of being up on a, a cliffside hidden in the trees. And basically, is, uh, Israel, for the most part, the armed force, they were so outnumbered that they had retreated. And so they had left a few of these small outposts of a few men to kind of do recon and let everybody else know exactly how the advance was happening. And he described how all of these five armies with their tanks and everything were gathering, converging, you know, in the valley below, preparing to attack. And then all of a sudden they stopped. And they're like sitting there watching it. What in the world is going on? And a few men out of those trees were able to go down and literally take the whole battalion as prisoners of war. And they, they were in great consternation as to how, I mean, they just did it. 
And then talking with these guys. I mean, they brought out the, the armies, brought out the white flags, surrendering and stuff. And so these you know, few good men advanced in to uh, take them prisoner. And one after the other after the other of the members of the Arab uh, battalion said, well, it's because of them. And they literally saw giant men there uh, on Israel's side. And that's what had caused them to stop and put out their white flags. Yeah. yeah. He's still in the business. Say, rend the heavens and come down. Make eyes see and ears hear your great name. Oh, Jesus, come on, Lord. We need to be saved, Lord. Show us your power. And Joel, just wanna, uh, we'll, in a moment, just go to the Lord in prayer. Um, that Joel chapter 2, it says, verse 12, the, the whole chapter is awesome. Joel 1 and 2 is a thing of the Lord saying, these are the reasons you may suffer. You may be going through challenges. And we are, our nation that we so love and appreciate, we have had so many freedoms that here, there, we have been cut off and certain families being isolated, raids on them. The only thing they're doing is being Christian. And uh, it says in verse 12, for example, therefore, therefore also now, said the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart, not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent, leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet let the priest, the minister of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. And give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith. I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove and then he, the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Amen. Say, the Lord, Yay, the Lord will do great things, we'll do great things. For, America, for America, for his church, for, his church. for, the, nations. for the nations. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pray for a moment. Just raise your hand. Pray in the spirit.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray you'll battle, send angels. Just as Michael and other angels came along, let the power of the Lord Jesus be released. Watch over our children and our grandchildren, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those powers of darkness that would kidnap our children from the influence, godly influence of their parents and the church. Father, we resist. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Lord, lift up a standard against darkness and evil and this whole thing where people, young girls and boys will mutilate their bodies listening to powers of darkness. Lord, you hear. Lord, you answer. Lord, you turn around the evils of powers and every demonic army. You release your mighty power. Even as Elijah saw God's mighty soldiers and chariots, let the mighty powers and armies of angels and chariots and fire be released against powers of darkness that have tried to infect our children. Protect, Lord, all the children. Lord, as the schools open, Father, we pray, confuse every power of darkness and demonic influence, Lord God. Let our children be great believers in the living God, in the Word of God, the honor, the Bible, honor this nation, honor its flag. Thank you, Father. The voices of darkness and evil be destroyed, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I want us to pause, if you will, take a moment. We're going to take communion together. If you'll bring the elements and the basket, we're going to give our tithes and offerings. We're going to begin our fast with a seed. Please, whatever you can do, your tithes, your offerings, donate here. Come on, bring them over here. We will take the elements of communion and uh, make your uh, checks to All Nations Church. And um, if you're giving by internet, let's do it. Give, make it to give.allnationschurch.us. Give.allnationschurch.us. Wherever you are gathering. Thank you, Lord. So, do what our various endeavors that we are going to be involved in and are involved already. I'm so blessed by that little story of one of the things we raised a lot of funds for ambulances in Jerusalem. And our, the ambulance we invested in had the number one list where they were the most they helped the most people. Just little examples like that. We have covered the expenses of some of the poorest places in the U.S. are the Indian reservations, Native American, and we have sent 
uh, help for them to be able to heat. They were not allowed to heat their houses. And so these are some things as you give, we are able to be stronger and be able to do things we want to do more and reach out more to the nations. So let's come up, make your checks ready to allnationschurch.us. And as you come and get your communion elements and give your offerings, I want you to come and take from this bucket. And you can just take out whatever comes. That's fine, Rich. You can take whatever comes. And I want you to go back and write on it or on them if you've got ones that are stuck together. I want you to write on it Romans 12, 5. Just that reference. Romans 12, it says, We being many are one. Members of one another. And for the next at least 21 days, put it somewhere where it's a good reminder that number one, you're not alone. That you're intricately made and connected to the rest of the body of Christ. So you have that support and that unity behind you. At the same time, let it remind you that you have a participating peace in the whole picture for the whole body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Romans 12, 5. You don't have to tear it apart. You can take it because it'll be a little reminder that you're connected. Yeah. Get whatever you get out of there. Just take it. Don't tear it apart if it's got more than one on it. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we are, for those of you watching at home, we're distributing pieces of a big puzzle. Romans 12, 5. It will remind you you're not alone. You're connected. It will remind you that you have an intricate, vital piece to participate. Otherwise, the body of Christ is not whole. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Just grab anything. You can get multiple. Don't tear it apart. That'll remind you you're connected. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Barry, would you like a piece? Thank you, Lord. Do you want a piece? If you want, you can stand. Take communion. If you're not able to, you understand. We're going to bless the bread and the wine. This is one of the most powerful things you can do. And when you can come together, take with others. It, like Bond, I will read the scriptures again. In Romans 12, 5. So we being many are one body in Christ. Say one body. And all members have not. Um, and every one members one of another. Say members one of another. So we are a family. And Richie, if you will take the bread and bless it, and then I will bless the wine. Yeah, praise the Lord. On, on Friday night, I 
I want us to raise the bread now for the, the context of the nation. And on Friday night, I had a word. I felt the Lord give me a word, and I never shared it, but I, I, I feel this is the moment. And what I was sensing was that America is on a marathon race as a nation. Yes. And it's in a moment of going through the pain barrier. That was the word that I had. And I want to read you what I found when I checked out pain barrier online. It says, it's the moment which someone doing hard physical activity feels the greatest pain. After which the pain becomes less. And I saw the nation going through its pain barrier on its race right now. And I saw us in the crowds cheering the nation on like they do marathon runners. They cheer them on. And then people come up to the marathon runners with glasses of water and cups of water to help them finish their race and go through the pain barrier. So we remember the Lord right now. We remember His death. The body crucified and battered and broken for the nation. And everything the nation needs was done and finished and won when that body was crucified, broken. So Lord, we remember you affectionately. We, in faith, believe you to apply the finished work to the healing of the nation. To go through its pain barrier and to finish its race. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the body and remember. And again, we specifically remember those in the body. Thank the Lord for the supernatural touch for Katie, for Alice, for others in any way affected by COVID. Put a shelter over each of you, husbands, wives, uncles, aunts, children, grandchildren. Lord, hear our prayer. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And the blood of Jesus, no weapon formed against you can prosper. We are covering each of you here, and those watching us taking communion, that the blood of Jesus covers you. We reject every shadow, every cell of cancer be gone in the name of Jesus. Every treatment, may the Lord anoint it, may fear, anxiety be gone. May courage come. The Lord told Joshua, and I'm telling you, be of good courage. Let the spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah be over you. You will roar with the authority of the living God. And you are victorious. Say, I have the victory. And tell your neighbor, you have the victory. Through the blood of Jesus. We have authority. We cast out every demon spirit attacking us or our nation, or our church, we bind every power of darkness, 
and cast it out. In Jesus' name. We have the authority from Jesus himself. Jesus is risen. Jesus is Lord. We are redeemed out of the hand of the devil to be blessed, to be victorious. And in Jesus' name, we take the wine. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for healing. In Jesus' name. And your children. And your grandchildren. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. The Lord anoint each one of you. Said so the Lord is anointing me and my family. On this fast, we are having the victory. God is healing our land. God is healing us. And if you don't mind, if you would like to come up here, all of us, we're going to sing. Michael is going to lead us in some songs. You come up and we're going to sing together as we go on this adventure of fasting and prayer. And please let us know whatever the testimonies you have. Let it please share with us. And we're going to share here and in through the nations. Thank you, Lord. Michael, what are we going to sing? We're going to sing, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Amen. Awesome. If you, if you are able to come, come up, please, to the altar here, to the area. Each one of you, bless you, and anoint this fast. Hallelujah. Amen, Mago. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. Sing it again. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master, Jesus, the name that charms our feet, that bids our sorrows cease, tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and 
certain prayer needs you yourself have as we commit ourselves after Labor Day enjoy Labor Day came in 1894 do you know that I wouldn't know but, but we honor all the workers who have built America but we set our faith Seeking the Lord. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. And humbling, like I said, Psalm 35. David himself said, I humble my soul in fasting. So in humility, we're coming to the Lord. Asking, Lord, heal our land. Bless America. Give a revival once again, like you did in the time of Azusa. God smiled and gave the worst revival. Revivals have come. We want, we're crying out like Billy Graham did in the 1930s in the place where John Wesley prayed. He said, Lord, do it again. We're crying out, do it again. Say, do it again, Lord. And the Lord anointed him and he, as one of the messengers, I was in a couple of his meetings. It was just a very simple man. Wasn't anything complicated, but the anointing was over him and over God's people. Whether it was or Roberts, Branham, others, Catherine Coleman, others. We are turning to the Lord. 
crying out. Lord, hear our prayer. As together as a church, we turn to you. Have mercy on our children and grandchildren. Now I want to tell you, in the future, I'm seeing weddings and babies being born. We repent. After many years, nearly 50 years of prayer, the whole abortion thing, God gave us a Supreme Court decision that turned around. It was a real miracle. But I will tell you, demon forces are not happy. And they want to start doing that again. We are crying out, Lord, make this an abortion-free nation. Many years ago, I remember, the Catholics invited me to do a major healing service around Ann Arbor. And one of the ladies, beautiful young lady, she fell in the power of the Spirit. And there was nothing, no ring on her hand or anything, but I, the Lord said, she's carrying a baby. She's, going, she's planning, someone's telling her to abort the baby. I said, are you planning to abort? You are pregnant. And she started crying. I said, the Lord has a destiny over that baby. Don't you touch that baby. She, he's going to grow up. So, that baby's wanting to be born. God has, God has destined. We are praying here as a church. Lord, let the abortion cease. Let these babies live. Boys and girls are going to grow up to serve the living God. So we're praying for our future. Praying for each family here. Thank you, Lord. Michael, help us sing again. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. My great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to Spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease, tis music in the sinner's is life and death and peace. And he breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the
Now, if anyone has a need for prayer, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you have a need, I want raise your hand high. Everybody else, without hand raised, look around and go to someone with a hand raised and begin to minister to them. Right up here, right up here, there are a number. Keep your hands up if you need prayer. Saints, go to these various ones. Be great if you go two by two, if there are enough folks. Everybody ministering to somebody. Everyone ministering to somebody. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the He sets the prisoners free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. Jesus, the name that charms our feet, that our sorrow sees his music in the sinner's ears tis life and hell and peace oh for a thousand tongues to sing Oh uh-huh. 